back to the Advice from Hannah show. This is your host, Hannah Salazar, and I want to welcome you to season two, episode 89, where we interview Crystal Bass, the entrepreneur, writer, coach, Wonder Woman. I'm super excited that she jumped on with us on the mic. Before we start this interview, I want to let you know that the book Shoe Dog is amazing. So far, I'm just at the beginning in discovering his life. So if you're reading it with me, let me know. If you love this episode, know that you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all major recording podcasting stations. And as always, if you love it, share with a friend. Are you ready to log into this episode? Let's go. And welcome back to the Advice from Hannah show. I'm super excited and humble to have yet another guest in the building, Miss Crystal Bass. How are you, Crystal? I'm great. How are you? I'm super excited. I'm so glad that you're on the show. We're going to talk about everything, writing, acting, all this cool stuff that you do. And and I just want to let the listeners get to know you. So if you could just tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I am Crystal L. Bass. I added an L because I kept getting confused with some other Crystal L. Bass who was a whole other race, had a whole bunch of other issues, and it was getting me in trouble, and I've been in enough trouble. So... Crystal L. Bass, I'm a writer, producer, playwright, entrepreneur, um, all those good things. But most importantly, I'm a mom of one, one grown man child. I'm a wife. I am the youngest of four children. Uh, and I live in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. I worked with somebody who used to work at the Marquise, I think it was. It's this grand hotel anyways. Oh. She was always talking about Baltimore and how at Toronto, I live in Canada, Toronto can't compare to Baltimore and it's always a thing. So shout out to Beatrice. I know she listens to me. But um, <laughs> I got somebody from Baltimore on for you. Yes. This is going to be fun. But I know that you do a bit of acting and writing and everything. How did all that start? Like what's what's the what's the ground zero story? So I used to be really super duper shy. No one believes me now, but I was super shy. So um, dancing was my outlet. So I've always, always danced since I was, I think I started dancing at like nine. But um, when I was went to college, right, I wanted to take some fun electives. And I took theater. It was nothing like I thought it would be. It was really like, history and Shakespeare and I was like child like this it was horrible boring and I hated it but we had a movie coming to the DC area it was enemy of the state with Will Smith and Regina King and since I hated class I was kind of lacking there so for extra credit they gave us extra credit for extra credit we had to go to a huge cattle call right and there was about 30 girls there, 30,000 girls there that looked just like me. And we were all there trying to get a part to be Regina King's body double in Enemy of the State. And I went just for the extra credit. And out of them 30,000 girls, honey, they picked me. You're <laughs> so joking. Like, oh, God, that's a sign. So anyway, I, that's how I got started. All by <laughs> extra credit, all on mistake, but 
that's how everything got started and I built up this love for it. I think that's totally divine connection working for you. Sometimes you show up places and, you know, me with the podcast, people kept asking me to do a podcast. And I'm like, I didn't go to broadcasting school. I don't know nothing but anything. And I plugged it into the computer and here we are. So, you know, sometimes those things that are flukes end up being like one of our biggest loves. And you want to hear something funny? Like you said, you didn't know anything about broadcasting. That was my major in college, okay? Broadcast journalism. But all of my assignments that I went on and my internships, I would end up like crying while I was reporting. So I was like, child, this ain't for me. I I had to report on a a child that got burned up in a fire. And I was like, whoo, child. I had to listen to the scanner all the time to see what was happening, where the stories, to run out to the stories. And I realized that mm, unless it was like entertainment journalism, I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, the entertainment journalism, I find it so it's so you. You're so glitzy and glam that I, I totally think that it would be right up your alley. I I don't know. I don't know if I would land there. I love Hollywood, but I'm more into I just want to be Oprah. I, that's, yeah. yeah. How about that? <laughs> I really just want to strive to be her. Her and, and you know, those. Ugh. I study her. I literally sit down and I study Oprah while she's interviewing people and I watch her mute over a part that I really like that she did. I'm a nerd. But can we talk a bit about Fly Travel Line? How did that happen? The Fly Travel Line. So that was also another fluke. Listen, I operate on flukes, okay? So I used to work for an airline for five years up until 9-11. 9-11 was the death of my airline career, but I still had this love for travel. So I traveled... I don't know if I can say it on this show, so I won't say that word that I am, but... No, say it. Say it. Say it. I'm a travel whore, okay? <laughs> I love I'm it. Total, total travel hoe. So, so I started making these t-shirts. See, this is one. I started making these t-shirts for myself because I find that I overpack a lot. And I wanted to simplify my process on trips and make things easier for my husband because he hates it. Me and all these outfits and all these things. So I started designing my own T-shirts with these these travel sayings on them that I love. And lo and behold, people were stopping me everywhere, stopping me in the airport, stopping me everywhere. I go saying, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get that shirt? Especially like flight attendants and passengers on the planes. Everyone loved it. And so my husband starts saying, like, okay, well, when we go somewhere, can I get one? I mean, are you going to let me get some of these shirts? So that's really how it started. We were in Cuba, and I went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I had this whole vision. It was like I was dreaming about these T-shirts and this bigger plan for them. And it seems like God was just speaking to me that, like, this was something I was passionate about because I ain't never thought about no T-shirt line. Ever, ever, ever. But people started asking for them, and I created them, and it, it's been working out. I love it. I really think in my gut that you are just an entrepreneur. By like, this is just your thing. You you launched. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. I totally think you're a serial entrepreneur. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I really, <laughs> I really do. You're like, but guess what? I do still work a nine to five because mm-hmm. I have a personal goal for myself I've been on this job for 18 years and um, in two years I can retire and and have a pension and 
Although I can leave now, I won't. A, because I like checks. And B, because I set that personal goal for myself and I just really want to do that. I respect that. I respect that. I don't think that the corporate world is horrible. I know a lot of females and entrepreneurs in my circle that are killing it in corporate world, killing it. And then they have books and courses and all of this stuff. So you can't have it all. Yeah, I'm killing the game, but I only want to give them two more years and then I'm done with it. That's fine. So in two years, you're going to come back on the show and let me know how that's going. That It's a date. I sure will. I sure will. It's a date now. Now you, that's going to be like episode <laughs> 200 and something. But <laughs> I have to. I love this. So we have acting. We have designing. And now let's get into the what's near and dear to me, which is the Creators Writers University. Like I love writing and I, and I think it's it's so therapeutic. Yes. How did that even happen? I have journals with like just the most deepest thoughts here on my end. So how did that even begin? Yeah, so I always thought growing up that I would be a pediatrician just because I love babies. Um, And then I found out that math and science was not my friend. And my only true friend is like words and writing. So so I noticed kind of like in the third grade, my uncle... Uh, he used to pick me and my cousin up from school. We were the same age. We were in the same school, same class. And he would do our homework with us. And he always told me how much more advanced um, than his daughter than I was. Like in writing, he always um, praised my writing. And all through school, all of my teachers praised my writing. But I was hell-bent on being a pediatrician. I wanted to be the first doctor in my family. So I didn't even pay attention to my writing skills until I got to college yet another fluke happened so my professor Frank Brown he had us write a short story and I turned in my short story and um, when he gave them back he said Miss Bass stay after class I need to talk to you and so I stayed after class and he said I just need to know more about this He's like, this needs to be a whole, he said, I don't know if you should be airing dirty laundry because this is some dirty stuff, but this seems like a family drama that needs to be in a full book and let's have a talk about it. So I went out to a cafe with him after school. We talked about it. He ended up being my editor for the book. And um, that's how my first book got started. <laughs> Another fluke. <laughs> That is insane. I totally love that. I love that you shared that with us. I'm often getting told, like, remember how I, I shared with you a couple of minutes ago that everybody's asking me for a podcast and I started that? Now it's the book. I've gotten, like, at least 10 messages on some. When are you writing the book? I thought you would have written a book by now. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe you're going to help me. Maybe you're the one that's going to help me. Uh, what are the most, like, what do you think is the most important aspect of writing a book, right? Is it, like, I, I was reading some of your articles, and I know that marketing has a huge, like, huge play in it. Because it's great, that's good, but who you can sell it to? So, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, that's important. The marketing is important, and I tell my students that before you even write the first word, you need to start marketing. And you need to, one thing I learned from Oprah Um, years ago and I never forgot it on the live your best life tour that I went to she said put it into the universe because once you put it into the universe you're accountable if you say I'm going to write a book and you tell people 
if two years goes down and you haven't written it, people are going to say, hey, where the hell is that book? You lied. You said you was going to write a book. But before we get to the marketing thing, I like to tell my students, it's just like Nike. Just do it. The biggest advice I can give anybody who wants to write a book is just do it. Like, get started. Do it. Be completely committed to it. And you also have to, you have to just focus. Just start and follow you know, where those words take you because before you can market, you got to get that story out of your head, off your heart, onto paper so that you can get it into the hands of readers, so that you can have something to market. Absolutely. I always find that fear plays a factor whenever we want to launch anything, whether it's a creative or, you know, a product or, or go to a new place. And I want to just ask you this, just just out of curiosity, what was one of the first limiting beliefs that you had when when you launched your first book in college? Like, what's the first thought that that came to your head? Well, for me, at first, I was worried that people wouldn't like it. I'm like, are people going to even like this story? So I set up a little test first and had like first I had my sister read it. And she said she laughed, she cried, she really enjoyed it. But then I'm like, oh, hell no, nah, that's my sister. Okay, let me put together like a test market of people who don't know me and let's see what they say. Um, but beyond that, since it did air family drama and dirty laundry, my biggest fear was that people was going to be mad at me. People were going to be angry with me. Even though I changed things up and embellished and all that, the people who I was talking about, honey, they know I was talking about them. So I um, was really, really fearful of that. You know what? That that's probably one of the things that holds me back, right? Because I, it's such, it's such an intimate thing you're writing. I find like you're, you're sharing your emotions with like 7.7 billion people in the whole wide world, and you don't know where this book is going to end up. So it, it's definitely <laughs> scary stuff. But I think once you get over, it, well talking to you clearly you're alive you, you launched this book and you're still here <laughs> i actually turned it into a play also so not only did those people have to read it okay i did a nationally touring stage production and they had to sit in the audience and actually see it <laughs> uh, can we be best friends can we just- <laughs> Can we just be best friends? I feel like you're doing it. You have my life. Like, that's so cool. I think it's so, I'm gushing right now. And I don't normally gush over, like, whoever I interview. So, you know, sorry, Oprah. I'm just doing the thing you don't do. But Well, Oprah used to live here, honey. So she's a little close to me. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? One of my goals is to interview her. I'm going to interview her one of these days. Um, that's manifestation. It is. I totally think I, I could do it. You know what? Sometimes people, when I say these things, they look at me. I'm like, I don't think Oprah's that unreachable. Like, I really don't. I just, she's what, maybe two, three connections away from me. How how far away can she really be? So, you know, just that's my gem there. Never think that nobody's unreachable. They're just two, three connections away from you. But going back to the book, I always hear this writer's block. I have a couple of friends of mine that are writing books right now. And I hear, oh, the block, the block, the block. What is it? And can you even get rid of it or is that part of the process it's part of the process but i think something that's really important when you are starting to face that is to walk away 
You got to walk away, get a fresh start, do those things that you like to do. What do you like to do? I'm, I'm a reality TV whore in addition to a travel whore. I like reality TV. So I got to get away from it, get a little motivated, get a little inspired. I'm writing something right now that I'm stuck on. So I, too, have to get away, get away from it and just ponder on it. Think on it. I keep a little notepad on my nightstand. When I get up to go pee at 2 o'clock in the morning, my husband is like, uh, excuse, please, can you shut off? I turn on my my little flashlight on my cell phone, and I'm always writing notes because I'm just always thinking of something. But I do not push myself or force myself when I'm going through the writer's block. I give myself a little time to revive and refresh. And then when I go back to it, I'm better. But that's the thing. Sometimes when people are facing writer's block, they just sit there and keep trying to push themselves. You got you to gotta walk away. Definitely walk away and come back to it. I got to ask you one personal question, though. What's what's your show? What's the show that you're watching, that you're binge watching right now? The reality TV. Chow, I love um, <laughs> um, yeah, um, um, 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> that is my absolutely my absolute fave and um, love after lockup. Real, I haven't seen Lock, Love After Lockup. I keep seeing Those it online. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> Honestly, the 90 Day Fiance, I feel like they're doomed. Some of them are just... <laughs> I know. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of how hooked I am to those two shows. I'm ashamed of it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Once upon a time, before I started the podcast, I would have a pretend 90 Day Fiance podcast at work. And... <laughs> We would sit there and be like, and welcome back to the Nine Day Fiance podcast, you know, and we and we just like shoot shoot it uh, between cubicles and whatever, and we talk about how they're doomed and and all of that fun stuff. <laughs> Too funny. I had to ask you. I had to ask. Next thing, I'm gonna ping you. Did you see the last episode? But <laughs> we're on the tell-alls right now, honey. <laughs> I need to start watching TV more. I've I've literally I've I disconnected my cable during COVID. I was like, I can't. I need to focus. So I, I watched very little things. But out of all the courses that, that you offer, which one's your favorite course and why? My favorite course is Page to Stage, How I Made $100,000 in One Night. That is my absolute favorite. I think because I took my, my first book from Page to Stage. And I think it's just so intriguing, like what you can really do when you scale a house in a theater and you scale your tickets properly, when you cast your show properly, all the things you can do with a show, even though it's hard work leading up to the night of the show. The night of the show is so rewarding when you can cash out a six figure night. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that it it describes you to the T. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this with our audience. I really am. If you guys aren't hearing all these gems, I need you to go back and listen more. Listen again and then shoot, shoot me a DM and let me know what you think. But we've shared literally everything. Now I feel we're besties. We're going like, to yeah. Yeah, be pen pals now. What are four things that nobody knows about you or that you want to share with us? Well, some people know this, and this is going to be crazy. These are supposed, When people say share four things, they want fun facts. 
I mean, I can look back and laugh at this stuff now, but these are shocking things. <laughs> so I was, but this is why I write books and do plays, right? Yeah. So I was kidnapped from my job at gunpoint. I was accused of murder before. Um, I was a body double for Regina King. We kind of talked about that a little bit. I packed up, moved to L.A. and was a body double and a stunt woman for Regina King for a while. And I am a convicted felon. Imagine that. No way. <laughs> but but a disclaimer, I'm a convicted felon for a crime that I did not commit. And that's why Breonna Taylor's story is so near and dear to me because I was involved in a no-knock warrant. It was a drug raid and I was in the house. I have drug charges and to this day, I have never seen drugs in my life outside of TV, but I have felony charges on my record, a felony conviction for distribution of drugs, a CDS controlled dangerous substance charge. Gun charges. I've never handled a gun in my life. Um, well, I'm lying. I've been to the gun range um, for birthday parties and things like that. But yeah, so uh, that's number four. I'm a convicted felon. I love that because you like to watch like the real the reality TV shows. So it just all ties in. <laughs> right. My life is a reality TV show, honey. Why haven't you done one yet? Is this a thing? I TV lots of times. I need to I need to get cable again. Like <laughs> yeah. I've been on lots of shows and um I'm currently working a deal for my own show. Uh stay tuned. <laughs> so exciting. I'm gushing oh my gushing. Gushing, gushing, gushing. I think that's so cool. Let us know let me know when it airs. I'll plug it. I'll just share it somewhere on stories on I Instagram. I will too. But you can find me being a pundit on a show called For My Man that airs on TV One. If you, um, it's it's all over. It's on YouTube and different places. I can send you a couple of links. Um, I've been on a show called Cake Hunters that aired on um, Cooking Channel. I've been on um, Trading Spaces. That's on TLC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been on some TV shows. You're totally famous, and I want your autograph. Stop. Your autograph is a totally needed thing. But before we log off and let you go, because I know you're busy and you have so many things to do, where can we find you? Social media handles and like hook a sister up with a shirt. Like, where can we find these t-shirts? Yeah. So the t-shirts are on theflytravelline.com. And you can find an Instagram page and a Facebook page at The Fly Travel Line. Um, you can find me, my personal page is at Crystal L. Bass. I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, CreativeWritersUniversity.com is our university. And Creative Writers University is also on Instagram. And also, if you just want to know about me and see my acting reel, you know, my TV reel, you can find that on crystallbass.com. I love, 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 love it. Thank you so much for stopping by and showing us some love. My very last question, I got to ask, I ask everybody this. If you saw yourself at 20, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself it's going to be okay. That's what I would tell myself. Because you know what? 
at 19, I was in prison and with a three-month-old baby and pumping breast milk from in the prison. And my mama was coming to pick up the breast milk to feed my baby. And I never thought my life would get any better. I didn't think it would be okay. So I would tell my 20-year-old self that, girl, it is going to be okay. And all this is for your good. And that's a mic drop. As always, this is your favorite host, Advice from Hannah, coming at you from her bedroom studio in Toronto, wishing you the best day ever. Toodles. Toodles. everything you're so cool thank you well it was a pleasure meeting you and um let's stay connected sis we're besties now totally yes right you stuck with me